Thanks so much for tuning in to Radical Philosophy. I'm your host, Beth Matthews. Today on the program, we're going to be listening to part two of a two-part interview on loneliness. And I'll be speaking with Professor Valeria Motto about loneliness. Welcome back to the program. Thank you, Beth. Thank you. It's nice to be back. <laughs> now, uh, could you explain about the Horowitz prototype approach to loneliness? Hmm. Yeah, so we were talking, last time we were talking about different approaches to explaining loneliness and, and to defining loneliness. Um, the, the Horowitz uh, approach um, responds to the need to clarify what people mean when they say, I feel lonely. So uh, when people go, and this is especially to, so, so different disciplines, have their own needs and, and this is a need that um, psychologists have when a patient comes and, and they say you're lonely so they in a way they need to identify what what this person means if they really mean if if if, if they are really lonely or they just say i feel lonely and what they mean is that um uh, that they that they are bored. So because this could happen. So it is important they have come up with this prototype, which is a it's a theoretical notion and it, it, it consists in the most common features or, or, or the properties of of the members of, of a category. So the, the more of these properties, so instead of being a list, it's it's a theoretical notion so that the more of um, uh, the prototypic features the person has um, the, the more they will fit um, the category uh, or they will be considered uh, or there will be an example of a lonely person um, so uh, the, the idea is that there are in this in this prototype approach there are there are different there, there are different statements that the person may say if they say I don't fit in and, and these statements are organized in, in clusters. So um, someone may say I don't fit in and and this category is within the cluster of um, I I don't belong, so that there is a wider there is a, a wider um, cluster of not belongingness, which includes I don't fit in. Now, if a person says I cannot respond to my colleagues at work, um, this doesn't necessarily mean that this person is lonely. Perhaps it doesn't. It's not the I don't fit in, I don't belong, but it corresponds to another category, which is I feel incapable of doing my work. And that would be, uh, would correspond not to the lonely prototype, but to the prototype of someone who's depressed. Um, that there are coincidences, there are overlaps between depression and, and uh, loneliness, but uh, in general, so the, the, the most agreed upon um, perspective is that 
version is it's larger than longinus. I still think that so that there is more research needed to distinguish them um, uh, better um, or, or or to define them in a different way in a in a more specific way so as to see uh, whether one belongs to the other. I mean, what is the correlation? If there is, if there is causality, and what the direction of the arrow would be. Uh, but this is this is the prototype. So the more prototypic, the, the someone someone says specific things about how they feel, and the more of this. Uh, prototypic characteristics that the person brings up in the conversation, the more uh, he fits the he or she fits the, the lonely profile. It's a, it's a way it's a way of, of understanding people's experiences. Hmm. So that's mm -hmm. in which way can research help address the loneliness problem? Sorry, uh, sorry, I, I, I missed you for a moment. In, in which way? Um, in which way can research help the loneliness okay. problem? Okay, okay, so so what, one of the one of the things that uh, researchers they are already doing a lot. So <laughs> um, research is already helping uh, so much. Um, there is uh, so especially sorry especially at the moment with the, with this situation that we're going through um, there's um, there's a, a net of researchers uh, the loneliness and and social isolation uh, research net network in the UK well they have um, I am a member of of that um, of of that um, a, of that group, let's say, of that research network, and then uh, there are different scientists and researchers from all over the world. And they are doing amazing work, um, especially now with COVID, as I was saying. So they are looking at into into the impact uh, on the on, for example, the the latest um, research that has been done is the impact on. COVID on the on the lives of doctoral researchers in their early career. They're also conducted uh, conducting different different surveys on on the families on, on the impact of, of COVID on families. Um, but in in general, uh, so those are, that's the latest research uh, and related to the situation we are we are living. But um, what else can can research do? Um, I would say, related to what I was saying before, um, distinction to it could help better distinguish between depression and social anxiety and, and loneliness. Uh, there is a, a Michelle Ling, a researcher in clinical psychology. She's she's looking at the impact of loneliness in social functioning and, and mental health symptoms and she's looking at social anxiety and depression and paranoia but it would be really really important to distinguish them and to see loneliness as a as um uh, and to treat loneliness uh, uh, perhaps differently or with with an approach that it, it's not necessarily the same 
the same approach that uh, uh, it's taking in, in, with depression and, and social anxiety. Then the temporality of loneliness, I think it's important. So by temporality, I don't mean uh, the chronicity. Um, so we have obviously work on that is needed as well. When loneliness becomes chronic when when it's not just a state of loneliness when it's not when it's not just the uh something that someone goes through because of an uh, it's going through a specific experience in life but when when it has been something that has accompanied let's say the person for all her life so that that's important and temporality as well can be the sense of time, how, how time is experienced. We know in depression, time is experienced as um, going slower. So we need to see whether loneliness has an impact on the experience of time. Um, also the experience of, of, of the body, um, in the sense that, so for example, in melancholia, people have the experience of their condition as being transparent. They feel that people can see through. Um, we don't know if that's the case in loneliness and, and it would be interesting to know how the person experiences uh, her body. Uh, emotion regulation is something that uh, we could see more of. So I know some researchers in the University of Exeter, Joel Krugel, uh, uh, Kruger, jo Joanna Colometti, they are doing work on um, uh, scaffolding of emotions. So the, the ways of regulating emotions that go beyond the body. Um, so they look, they look at how our environment um, help regulate our emotions. It would be interesting to see whether there is some sort of regulation that can be done uh, 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 with in specific environments. Um, so this would be uh, amongst the, the strategies to to cope with with loneliness, which is something we need more research. So um, how how can people be helped to cope with loneliness? Also, the difference between loneliness in childhood—sorry, childhood—and in adolescence. Um, I, I read something really, really interesting in a paper about solitude, and there was a distinction between how a child experiences company and what happens when, when, uh, when people become adolescents. So they, they, the child is happy with just being in the company of others, sharing activities in this way of other children. And when, 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 when they start becoming adolescents, they, there is a need for intimacy that is a very different experience from just the company, just being side by side with others. That's so interesting because here is exactly where we need to look at uh, whether, whether what can cause loneliness, exactly when this transition from just being in the company to, to needing more intimacy, you know, to the, the experience of intimacy is super interesting. Um, 
And then, so, okay, I could say so much more, but I'll say one last one. And I would say we need more research on uh, loneliness and other emotions, the interaction and uh, between loneliness and other em emotions. So I talked about pain, right? Whether it's painful or not, whether it's just an intense experience that doesn't necessarily need to be painful, it would be interesting, but just, but also um, uh, loneliness and anger. I, I remember talking to a um, uh, researcher in psychologist in a, in a con uh, at a conference where I presented my work, and he he was telling he he told me something that I hadn't thought about. He said people are full of anger, and and I thought how interesting. Maybe maybe. Uh, anger can be a cause for loneliness right anger just as any other emotion could be so it's the, the relationship between emotions it's something that uh, would be interesting to see more work on so that's that's that's, that's uh, yeah no, it's very interesting what you said about the the different levels of social interaction mm -hmm. and have a lot more social interaction over the internet and yeah so it, it, it is it's, it's certainly um, worth examining that further now what effects does loneliness have on people um so lots really like in, in different areas of our lives um um loneliness has and, and this is uh, there are there were many studies, and, um, and this is information that we get from the research. Um, so loneliness has an impact on physical and on mental health, and not just on the psychosocial problems. It just it impacts us physically and mentally. So it has been associated um, with um well like i said before with shyness with neuroticism with social withdrawal with poor social interaction and 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 poor uh, interaction quality as well but it has also been connected with less intimacy and less comfort and understanding and more caution uh when it comes to to uh, to, to interactions with other people it has also been linked to like lack of high quality of friendships and more negative appraisals and more negative appraisals over social support. Cachiopo says uh, the world is a, it's a less welcoming place for a lonely person. So <clears throat> they tend to be less satisfied with their lives. Um, and, and lonely people also, so it's been linked with like I said before, with anxiety, social anxiety, correlated with depression, um, and well, so we, we are we we still need to know whether it's it plays a causative role um, in the development or and maintenance of depression. Uh, so it is also been identified as a factor contributing to social suicide completion. And it's it's linked to eating disorders, to obesity, and to 
alcohol and drug abuse. So these are the, uh, the, the impact, the effects on mental health. It, they also have, so obviously, if mental health is, is impaired, this has an impact on physical health. So, but, but also uh, not, not only linked to, to these mental health problems that I've, that I've just mentioned, um, loneliness has also been connected to specific symptoms, physical symptoms like nausea or headaches or sleep and eating disturbances. And in general, a, few, uh, a poorer uh, immune fun functioning. And, and so it, it, studies have gone as, as far as to conclude that the effects of uh, the unsatisfying social relationships on health are similar to those of these well-established health risk factors such as cigarette, uh, and cigarette smoking and, and, and high blood pressure. So, um, yeah, so, so it is um, linked to, it is associated with poor health practices. So obviously it impacts on the, uh, our immune function, functioning um, and it's also been linked to this this uh, linked to that the, the we produce we produce uh, a potency of our restorative behavior so people who are lonely uh, tend to find it more, more difficult to sleep and and have re less restorative sleep so this is these are amongst all the effects that have been found in, in research linked to loneliness mm. how do you think that the coronavirus has uh, affected people in regards to loneliness um uh, there are okay there's there's so so much to say the coronavirus has deeply disrupted our lives in, in so many ways that um, perhaps uh, perhaps the essence of what we're going through is that we're becoming aware of the extent to what everything is interconnected. And, and it's interesting that this may have an effect on, on 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 the lonely on the on the ones who were feeling lonely previously we, we will have we will have people who have not felt lonely before and will experience loneliness but the ones who were already before before coronavirus started feeling lonely um we will have to see the effects of this uh new awareness of the interconnection in that particular feeling of lack of connection that that lonely people were experiencing, so we, we will see whether that changed or not. Um, on the plus side, I suppose that just just to say something positive, if we can, I, I suppose that these collective experiences of 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 loss are inevitably also experiences of connection, right? So we, we, we will need to see what happens uh, with that. And then, then, there, are, then there are other, uh, other uh, 
impact of COVID that I could mention. Um, so of course the physical isolation, right? The staying home. Uh, some people are uh, in their houses with their families and others are alone, but people who are going through this with their families. Um, I, I've been seeing different articles about how their relationships are being affected. So that's one thing. Um, another very important thing is the lack of sense of agency. So really we're being basically deprived from freedom of action in, in many areas. And, and some researchers um, distinguish negative isolation from solitude, but specifically for the lack of, uh, with this lack of agency. So someone who chooses to be alone, we call this solitude, and it's different from loneliness, because this is not, so, this is someone that has a choice, someone that likes to be on their own and, 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 and chooses to because she needs to, because it's, it's, it's good for different states, meditative states, for example, or for producing work. Um, and, and loneliness or, or negative isolation. Um, uh, I mean, I'm not saying these two things are the same, but let's say, let's say negative isolation because it's certainly, we're talking about something physical at the moment. Um, so the, the sense of agency is quite important, that's what I'm trying to say, and we're kind of being this deprived of that in, in some aspects of our lives. So that will impact on our, uh, the way in which we experience isolation. Um, it's, not a it's not chosen. Um, we're also, as you mentioned before, we're starting to communicate virtually more than ever. And I'm, I'm very much enjoying this. Uh, I I think it's 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 actually the, the main means of communication with other human beings at the moment for some of us. So, <laughs> and it has it is providing this sense of of connection, and it's interesting because this presents us with a really great opportunity to revisit what we mean when we talk about our nature as social beings. So, um, right, so we, do we need the physical experience of other beings? We probably do, but in what sense are we, um, uh, up to what extent that is needed for us to feel connected? So, lots of questions this, this will, uh, help, this will, uh, will, will arise after, after this after the coronavirus, yeah. Are there organisations that people can get in touch with if, if they are feeling lonely? Um, there, are, there are different ones, yes. Um, it depends, well, if, so I would have said, if this was two months ago, I would have said in different countries you have different places, but now it's all kind of, um, well, Generalized. I mean, we all have access to internet these days, and um, we can find there are many, many different charities and organisations. So I know in the UK, for example, there's the the website of the campaign uh, to end loneliness 
it, it was this is a non-profit organization and they aim to provide support for lonely people and they offer services they offer activities well now more virtual activities than before but there is a, a directory of organizations that people can contact and that's specifically for loneliness and uh, people can turn to the, the usual helplines um, that they resort to for, for other emergencies. Uh, but the Samaritans are always there. They, um, well, it depends. Uh, it, it, it depends how people want to, how how people want to cope with loneliness. Um, um, some papers. Lopata, for example, and, and colleagues, they, they emphasize the importance of um, the, the informal social support for lonely people. Informal in the sense that they don't resort to an anonymous person. Some, this is something close to, there's something in their community, something in their group. It can be, well, obviously, we talk about loneliness, friends is something that um, I mean it, it can happen that people can feel lonely and still have, have friends but if that's not the case there's always um, I guess it depends on which group they they uh, they want to turn to it's really up to each individual who and, and what what type of support they want some may want to um, turn to religious groups, some may want to turn to voluntary associations, um, neighbors, siblings. Um, some people have turned, there are studies, and some 55% of the people who were surveyed um, have turned to children. I wouldn't recommend this. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't recommend turning to children if people are feeling lonely. I don't think that's a good, um, but people have done that. Um, uh, so different communities have different organizations. That's what, um, what, I'm, what, I'm, uh, what I'm trying to say. Um, yes, uh, by the way, really with, with coronavirus, um, I know, for example, that specific universities this is for for students they they have uh they have uh, some uh, support systems in, that have been put in place uh so that so students don't don't feel so disconnected so yes there are various but we really we might we may need more we, we may need Different, so I mean approaches that are more personal. So that are more personal, but not as personal as someone who is close. So if I'm if I'm lonely, I wouldn't want to turn. Perhaps I wouldn't want to turn to a big organization, and I wouldn't want to turn to someone that is in my proxy. I mean, it's a member of my family, for example. So I think we need something in the middle, um, and that there's not enough of that at the moment but there sure will be I'm, I'm surely thinking about putting something in place that can address this need um, yeah yeah the issue of, of loneliness
over for any Australian listeners. Um, the phone number for Lifeline is 131114 and that's a crisis support network. So you could um, give them a call. And also for anybody in any other countries, I'm sure there's um, something similar to Lifeline if you are feeling very isolated and very lonely. Well, thanks very much for coming onto the program today. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. It was a pleasure, really. Thank you for your question. Oh, thank you for, for coming on. It's a great program. And I've been speaking with Professor Valeria Motto about loneliness. And that's all we have time for today. Hope you've enjoyed the program and do stay tuned for Swing and Sway.